Yes, sir. And welcome to the Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate the ship, I just want to tell you how you can participate with us. You can participate by emailing the show. That's Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. Email us with any show ideas, any critiques, any likes. We love fan mail. Tell us how much you like the show, how much you dislike the show. But all emails are welcome. Or you can follow us on our social media platforms. You can follow us on Instagram as well as Twitter. And we also have a TikTok account. We haven't posted anything on it yet, but that will be getting put to use very soon. And that's Road to Damascus, Road to number two, Damascus on on your social media platform. And now let's begin the show. So today is just me and the rabbi, the one, the only, the great and powerful, the wise sage, the one who knows, the one who doesn't, the one who speaks, and we all listen. Ladies and gentlemen, the rabbi, say say hello to the people, rabbi. Say hello to the people. Wow. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So we're recording this. It's um, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. We got here at 11, and we <laughs> had a two-hour pregame um, just talking, chilling, catching up. We hadn't seen each other in a couple of weeks, but just giving each other praise reports, would you say? Absolutely. Tons That's how of praise. warm up. That's how we warm up, just the praise reports oh, alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, have y'all shouting on the on the on the uh, podcast today? But be, so you, I know you're wondering. Well, what's today's topic? Well, today is just only me and, and the rabbi, so we just gonna freestyle it, freestyle show for y'all today. But we're gonna start off talking about a show that we were talking about uh, pre-show. That when I say it has blessed my heart, absolutely. I'm talking about the show called The Chosen. Um, I watched the first two seasons in like four or five days. So now I'm about to watch season three. Shonda just told me that the last two episodes from season three, you have to actually go to the movie theater and watch them. Yes. Um, so I'll be doing that probably this week and next weekend, uh, finishing up, uh, season three. But the reason we're going to talk about this show and a couple other things, but starting off with this is one we're not getting paid. There's no advertisement for this. We, nobody's giving us any money or any kickback. But this is the first show that I've seen, movie or television, whatever, that has depicted Jesus mm -hmm. as human as possible. A person who wasn't unobtainable, who walked with these men, but his temperament, the way he carries himself, the way he speaks the way he does all the things that he does just makes you feel like you just actually watching a documentary as opposed to watching a television show. What do you think rabbi? I agree. You know, I've been, I've been uh, watching <laughs> Jesus movies and, and TV shows now for almost 33 years. This is the most relatable, um, Jesus I've ever seen. Um, this is um, probably 
the closest to um, scripture, if you are familiar with hermeneutics and have an understanding of scripture, this, this show would probably break it down for you in, in such a way and make it so reachable and so attainable for you that I think even if you weren't sure about wanting a relationship with Jesus, I think it would just kind of vicariously snatch you into one um, because he's so approachable and it, uh, it kind of removes uh, the mysticism and it, it brings him from the clouds to the earth, you know, where you can see how relatable, you know, he is like, he laughed, you know, he laughed, he had friends, he had family, he had siblings, he had a mother, you know, he had a uh, father, he had a father, an earthly father. He didn't choose 12, you know, apostles, you know, or, or disciples. He, he chose 12, 11, excuse me, one volunteered. He chose 11 regular men who had jobs and families of their own. So they had feelings and thoughts and personalities and frustrations and irritations. And you get to see how patiently, you know, he dealt with them and how he de-escalated their situations and how he soothed, you know, their concerns and their fears. And it touched me in so many ways. Absolutely. And we were talking pre-show just different episodes and how that episode affected me and how it, excuse me, and how the episode affected me or how the episode played itself out. And we were talking, uh, Shonda, about, um, and I don't know if it's season one. Is that the end season one where he um, turned the water into wine, his first miracle? But just when he talked to his mother and the conversation he had before he um, performed a miracle, because, you know, you read in scripture, but it just made it a conversation where his mother, who was his earthly mother, and that was her son, as Shonda said, but now I was trying to get him to walk into his Christ, his godly sonship. I mean, you know what? Imagine if if your son, you know, or 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 my son, you know that they work miracles, right? Like you know, and he had already been working a few. He, right. you know, he little sprinkle, little, little sprinkle, right? Little, you there, know, he had already know? got Mary Magdalene, and yeah. um, Andrew had already saw a couple of things. Right. She she recognized, you know, that, OK, there's an issue here, you know, with with this wine. And she said, go get Jesus like it. Go get my son. Right. You know, the, hey, 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 calm down. Don't fret. Go get Jesus. Like, come on. Her son was the son. Right. But he was still her son here on earth. You know, they had mother son communication. Uh, you know, they he he did funny things. You know, right. he picked her up when he hugged her. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. And she just said, "Go go get Jesus and do whatever he says." And then, when, <laughs> but then when he shows up, he says to her, "My time has not come." Right. And if, she says to him, "If not now, when?" Uh, some of y'all be wondering, that was a praise, but just that right there, Ooh. if not now, when. then when? And he looked at her with such compassion. It's like, give me the rules. Okay. And 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 the relatability of everybody on the show. Like you said, they depicting um Paul, or excuse me, um Peter, Simon, Simon. Um, and his wife, his wife on the show being eaten or showing uh 
Matthew being a tax collector and even how the, them in the group treated Matthew right. because of him being a tax collector mm-hmm. and how they looked at tax collectors in that day because it's almost the equivalent of how black people look at people from the neighborhood that become cops. Right. Like, oh, you the ops now. Right, because Matthew and Simon had interactions because Simon had tax debt. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> he he went to collect the debt from him. Right. He's like, hey, you know, I, I understand, but uh, you're going to need to catch more fish. Right. <laughs> right. We need this money. We need this money. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but the show has been been such a blessing. And what's the creator of the show? You said his name. Dallas. Dallas Jenkins, I think that's what Dallas Jenkins. Yeah. But And it's not a Hollywood show. Right. Know? He's the creative, um, you know, he's a spiritual uh, consultant. You know, he's he's the creative. So um, you know, all of the the spiritual integrity is re- remains intact. You know, it's not a Mormon show. You know right. what I mean? It it is a Christian show it is based on the bible and uh he's the spiritual authority so you don't have a whole bunch of hands in it you know it's not a hollywood show so you don't have to worry about um you know making jesus look you know blonde haired or blue eyed you know you could have um the people because i think people think that africa was you know a a continent back during the bible times it it wasn't wasn't. no it wasn't you know it wasn't it was just People traveled and went on right. donkeys and horses or whatever, and right. they didn't say, oh, these are the people from Africa. You were right. known by the village right? and area where you came. Oh, they're from Samaria. Oh, they're from, you know, because the way they even ripped Jesus being from Nazareth. Like, right. what good had ever come from Nazareth? Right. You know, there, there was, you know, Ethiopia that existed, but it was not on the uh, continent of Africa. It was just this is where they were from. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's quite possible that Joseph was black. Right. Or and but it's it's all types of diversity within the right. show to show you that people from all different regions and all different walks, because there were no separation by continents. It was right. only separation by villages and languages and right. things like that. So the show has been is really blessed me. And and i I've brought this up many a many a many a times on the show, but even the episode with the woman at the well and how he approached her and their conversation and, and And how the disciples didn't want him to go there. Right. And he went by himself. Right. He's like, you guys go into the city and, you know, get the things that we need. I'm going to go over here. I got some work I got to do. And how that woman is out telling everybody. Yeah. But he knew even with that, he knew who he needed to help. That was going to get the word out because she didn't care who she used to be. Right. Because they, that's that was the important part. It right. Was who she used to be. Absolutely. And and come see a man. Come see him. Ooh, they and, gave me chance. <laughs> and then hold on. And to me, and, I, and so we haven't talked much about season three because I haven't watched it in Shonda. I went to the movie. To hurry up. She went to the movies yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yes. And saw episode seven and eight. But to me, one of the things that we both said was very powerful. And this was like maybe first episode, he's, he is when he saves Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. and pulls the demon out from her. Right. But then in season two, Mary 
went through a couple of things. Mary Magdalene went through a couple of things where she felt like she wasn't worthy. But you remember that, you know, and if this is a spoiler alert, we apologize. Yeah. Just, just spoil, go, spoil, go back yeah. and watch it and, yeah. I, and you, you won't be mad. Right. But you remember that when they approached, when the, uh, the man with the demons had approached them and they were wrestling with him trying to get him, get this demon out and Jesus came up. But Mary saw that. Right. And I think it triggered her because that was her. Right. Absolutely. And I think it triggered that Got feeling you. of I'm here now and, and delivered and free but, and remembered where she came from and that right. feeling of unworthiness of, of what that she was had me right and now. how they looking at right. that person. And then she took a walk back to where she came from. Right. And yeah. Jesus sent the disciples to go get her. Mm hmm. And when she came back, she walked into his tent to talk to him. In shame. In shame. And he was in prayer. And all he said to her was, I'm glad that you're back. And she wanted to explain what happened. Like, you know, and he was like, I'm no. just glad you're back. I'm just glad you came back. Right. If that is not. Um, We had to hear both on that one, Sean. <laughs> we had to hear both on that one. We had to hear both on that one. Like for all the people who feel um, so unworthy, you know, of, of the freedom, so unworthy of the love, so unworthy, you know, of, of their gifts and, and callings because you, you simply remember what you used to be or you remember what you used to do. Like, how, how dare I use my hands for this when I used to use my hands for that? Or how dare I use my mouth for this when I used to use my mouth for that? Or how dare I stand here when I know how I used to treat people, I know what I used to do or what I used to indulge in or what I used to love. And God's simply saying, I'm just glad you came back. I'm just glad you came back. That's it. That's it. I'm just glad you're here. That's it. Because even and the way they walk through the towns and to see the Pharisees and their reactions and things like that, because it was even a town they walked through and they trying to get information from this one Pharisee. And he's just praying out loud so everybody can hear him. Right. And the woman was like, oh, that's all they do. Right. <laughs> like that's, right. that's what they do. Right. They stand out in public mm -hmm. and pray loudly so you can hear them. So, you know, that, and it is it is written. <laughs> To not do it the way they do it because they just pray loud somehow thinking vain repetition. Right. You know, it's going to be it. But no, but when you pray, enter into your secret closet and make your request known. Listen, listen. I mean, everything that, I mean, Shonda, if, if Beethoven was writing symphonies at seven years old mm -hmm. and they were like extraordinary. This this man Dallas Jenkins, yeah, is is writing his 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 fifth fifth sauna or whatever it's right. called the sonnet, right? Yeah. Because this show is hitting every note, every single note, and and it's so it try and it's try it tells you that they do take some liberties, but it tries to stay very. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent staying to what the scriptures say. And then just adding some fillers that the scripture doesn't say. Right. But the liberty, the liberties that they take are so plausible. Right. That it doesn't destroy the integrity right. you know, of the scripture. Like, you know, okay, Simon has a wife. Right. 
you know what happens between husbands and wives. It's not spelled out in the Bible like right. that. So for you to see it, it doesn't destroy, you know, the scripture integrity. Um, or even when even when Jesus talked to Paul's uh, excuse Simon's, Simon's wife, wife right. about him come no, I know this is going to be hard for you. Right. And and not only that, they was taking care of uh, Simon's sick mother. So what did Jesus do? He healed the mother. Right. So that was one less burden mm-hmm. on the wife who was going to be alone. Exactly. You know, he had um, Lazarus was his friend and he hadn't seen him in a long time. And when his mother, when they were going um, back to uh, Nazareth for this, this, this feast and he, she said, Lazarus, guess who I saw? Like I saw Lazarus and, and his sisters. And he was like, Oh, Laz, like I haven't seen him in so long. Like, that's what we would say. Right. Like, oh, like I don't call Brock Brock. Right. You know, like yeah. B, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's my brother. I know? call her rabbi. <laughs> like it's in my phone, it says rabbi. So he was so relatable, um, not to take away his divinity right. um at all. But none of us will ever be worthy. So you go ahead and put that out there. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm not worthy. You right. But it ain't based on your worthiness. You know, he didn't call you or choose you or anoint you because you were worthy. It's because that's what he wanted to do. Because Absolutely. he loved you. For you. For you. He called you for you. For you. And and this to me even talks about to piggyback something that I've heard a very wise person say. Um, this wise person once said that your greatest superpower is being yourself. Do you know who that person is that likes to I think I think they they on a podcast and it's called oh. Road to Demand. I don't they call them rapper. I don't know. I'm just you know, but yeah, that. but but no. It's true. Your greatest superpower is being who is being are. who you are. And when Jesus calls you, when he knocks and you open, he don't knock and you open expecting to see who you think you should be. He knocked and expect you to be who you were. Absolutely. They know all on who you pretend to be. Right. It's you. I came for you. Why are you trying to be somebody else? Absolutely. Don't be somebody else. You be don't you. need to be. Because all the things that you don't like about you are things that he can use. Like those are tools in the right hands. You know, what, what we call, what, these are tools in the right hands. He is a master carpenter. He understands all the tools and how to use them. You know, he is skillful with what he chips away and what he sands down. He doesn't need you to fix you. If you can fix you, you wouldn't need him. He just needs you to come as you are. Come as you are is to him. To him. And there's a difference between a chef and a cook. A chef is, they need all their certain ingredients. They're going to do the proper measurements and all that other stuff. My mom is a cook. Yeah. Don't matter if she got the ingredients or she going to go in there. Or what, I got a can of beans. Yep. I got this. I got that. All right, just sit them here, yeah. and I'm just going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And you're going to enjoy what I make. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Jesus don't want us to be chefs. He don't got time for us to go to culinary school <laughs> to become chefs. Right. Just cook up with if you if all you know how to cook up is ramen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna use the fact that you only know how to and the people you gonna deal with is ramen eaters. Yeah, th- li- boy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
Listen, you can sit in a room and you listen to somebody and they are up talking and you can barely stay awake. You can barely keep your eyes open. But the person next to you, it is like manna from heaven for them because that's their audience. You know, your audience will find you. You know what I mean? Period. Period. You ain't going to be for everybody. I'm not for the weak. Right. I'm not stroking no egos. I'm not trying to hold it up. I'm not going to protect you from the truth so you don't feel, you know, bad. No, we all need to feel bad sometimes. I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you and because I don't want you to walk out and something happens and then I'm, I should have told you the truth. I think the ego should be chewed up and swallowed. You know, I think the ego, it's a bloody battle Absolutely. to get rid of your ego. And the truth is the tool you need in your hand to help you with that. So I'm going to give you that tool. So I'm not for the weak. So I understand that there may be people who don't want to be a part of my audience. Off put. Um, and I know everybody who listens to the podcast be like, who could be y'all? Y'all get, I'm, I just want y'all to know as far as really she keep it on this show. That is still a sanitized version of the rabbi. Cause if you were sitting with her and she needed to tell you about yourself, she going to tell you about yourself and she's doing it in love. Absolutely. Say what you mean. And you don't have to say it mean. That's right. And she's going to say it, and she's saying it out of love because she's telling you because she loves you. Absolutely. And that's why our dynamic works so well because I don't get in my feelings. Right. And she don't get in hers if I got something to say to hers. It's like, oh, you might be right. Yeah, if you read the word, man, it it don't matter how you feel. Well, Shonda, as close as we are, as close as we are, and I said I love you, and you looked at me and said, you're going to deny my name three times. I guess that's why Simon got offended. Right. What? I'm not your me. man, not me. Right. Maybe Lil James, maybe right. Andrew. Right, but not me. Not me. I'm your man, solid 100. Listen, I will kill for you. Right, and he wasn't lying about that. At all. <laughs> he wasn't lying about that. Right. But I'm just saying, people can get offended. Absolutely. When you tell them. But it's not that Jesus didn't love Simon. Right. He just knew Simon's character. Absolutely. And sometimes some of us will say what we will do. But when that when that when that uh that that press come, mm-hmm. you know, you start to start reconsidering a lot of things. Right. Right. Well, that was one of the things we talked about before the show, too, like decisions that we make in the dark. Right. You know, you don't know what's going to happen when you have to make a decision. You can't see two weeks down the road when it pops up. Right. When the light actually comes on. And now you're standing in the room with the results of the consequences of your decision. And you want to go back on your word. Like, well, you know what? I didn't know. But when I said, when I had said that, I ain't know that this was going to happen. And I didn't know that they was going to be mad. Right. I didn't know that this person wasn't going to love me no more. That this person wasn't going to want to deal with me no more. That my friends was going to reject me. That Mm -hmm. everybody was going to tell me I'm not allowed to be in our social groups anymore. But I'm here to tell you that God for you is what more than the world against you. Absolutely. So if Jesus is your champion for my Game of Thrones watchers, when they say who is your champion, if you say Jesus, ain't don't matter who you put up against them. It don't matter. Make your make your decision. And when that light comes on, all that leave all that leave all that to Jesus. Period. He can I promise you he can handle it. He's handled he's handled much worse. Ooh. And he's and he's gonna keep handling. When y'all much watch worse. the chosen and you see him step out on that water, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> Whew. He can he can handle trust me, he can handle your little wavy sea. He can handle it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you, if you have not seen it, 
Start watching it, and when you start watching it, listen. Don't put it on and let it play. And you and, walk and you walking in the room. room and you listening. No. no, no, you need to see the facial expressions. You right. need to see the the movements. You need to see the body. I mean, everything yeah. in the show yeah. is important. Even when you see Jesus becoming emotional, it's a scene. Spoiler alert! Everything we're saying is spoiler alert. But there's a scene where he's talking to John the Baptist, and he knows. John says, well, you know, I'm a rabble rouser. And he kind of even almost questioning Jesus, like, you a little too tame for me. Like, now imagine John telling Jesus, right. you a little too tame for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go back and do what I do, which is shake up the system. And you can see Jesus get emotional because he knew right. this is the last time I'm going to talk to John. Mm -hmm. And he tried to really get John to not do it. Right. You know, don't to not do it like that. Right. Don't do it because right. he, he was like, what are you doing? I'm going to see the king because he's married um, his sister. Right. And, you know, under the law, that's wrong. Yeah. And and I'm going to tell him about that. Right. I'm about to tell him about himself. Yeah. And Jesus is like, hey, it's uh, a different way to handle that situation. Right. Well, yeah, this is what the word says. Right. This is what I'm saying. And yeah, he knew. But that, like we talked about before the show. Now, this was his his cousin. This was the first time that they had. Well, really the second time since the. No, the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're well, right. After he baptized, the right. first time he saw Jesus was when he baptized. Him right. Because they had not been in the same space since right. they were in the womb. Right. And then he sees him like he knows like this is it. Like these these few days you here in, in town, I'm never going to see you again. So he was trying. Right. You know, to, to get him to do it. So for as much as. Um, you know, we think, you know, well, he, he says it and, and that's it. He was trying to get his cousin to think of a different way. It's just like the Holy Spirit, though. Absolutely. It's not going to yell. It's not going to twist your arm. It's not going to force you. It's a different way. Right. Like, do you understand what is about to happen if you do that? Just like when, uh, now this part is not in the chosen, but you all are aware of, of, of Jesus in the garden. You know, he knew from the time that he was born that this is the moment that he was born for. Like he was born for this moment right here. But he was still in that garden in, in, in a time of stress, knowing what's about to happen, how it's about to happen, and how he's got to go. It's like, listen, whew, if it be your will, you could change your mind. Take this cup from me. You 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 could you could let this happen another way if you want to, God. I know you can. I know that you can. Nevertheless. And and he didn't ask once. Oh no. He didn't ask twice. Right. He asked thrice. Mm -hmm. Three times he asked. Yeah. If it be possible, remove this cup. And when he didn't get an answer, he knew what? Mm -hmm. Not my will. But your will be done. Your will be done. And even later on, when he's going through it. Why has thou forsaken me? Yeah. Me. A father, a father, a, a child calling out to their parent. Yeah. Experiencing the first time being without him, you know, because he's got to pull his spirit out of him. Otherwise, he won't die. He won't die. So he's got to remove himself. And that was the him. first time he felt that emptiness. The first time he was ever separated. So, yeah, watch, watch it. Watch, watch it. it. It's like a, a giant audio visual book that you can pause when you have right. in a moment. Highly recommend. Yes. Make sure the tissues are with you. Oh, yeah. Make sure you didn't use the bathroom and and and, and you got your snacks and everything. Because yeah. you, I'm telling you, if you're going to be like me, 
mm-hmm. episode after episode after episode. I highly, highly recommend this show. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb so you don't have no attitude with nobody. Right. Um, so to go from one good story to one not so uh, great and to talk about somebody calling out to a parent and it was nothing that could be done um, in the news. And this will probably be more of a block is hot, but since we're the doing a freestyle. It's just inflamed. <laughs> but um, la- um, over the last couple of weeks, the video of, the young man Tyree Nickel was released. And when you hear like, oh, this is gonna be worse than Rodney King, you be thinking like, I don't know, y'all, y'all, you know. And then you if you saw the video, and I will say, I will highly say this. I will highly recommend for your own mental health, if you don't have to watch it, don't don't watch it. Yeah. Because it is some of the most brutal, um, things that I've seen ever in my life of these, these six or seven police officers that um, I know five have been charged. Um, One was just fired yesterday after he was suspended because it was five black officers. Then one white officer just got fired. Um, He was the one who shot the taser at the beginning. Um, Three firefighters were fired and two EMS pair EMTs were fired. Um, and the reason this happened is because everybody failed Tyree Nickel. The police failed him because they failed to preserve and protect. They treated him like he was, um, like they treated him the way I would expect to see a lone gunman get treated. But somehow lone gunmen are always able to be apprehended or they kill themselves. Um, the EMT and firefighters pull up as he's handcuffed to a car, beaten to a bloody pulp. And don't say, un- take the handcuffs off, let's administer some type of help. They left him lying there like you would leave an a animal that was just hunted and you're waiting for it to die. And he died three days after um, this uh, video was, re- or after the beating, police were fired after a week and they've been charged and things like that. Um, and again, unfortunately, I'm hearing um, the thunderous silence from our community. When I say our community, I mean the church community. Um, And these are the issues and the topics that we need to speak about. And the reason we're bringing this up, a part of this, is because um, I think it was Dr. King who famously said that we will not remember the silence of those who hate us. I'm paraphrasing, Mm -hmm. but we'll remember the silence of those who said they loved and supported us. And there's way too much silence when we know what's happening, when we see the problem. And we know that in the history of this country, every major change that has happened in this country has been led by the church. Um, when, when, and when I talk about laws that help everybody, not just the church, that all were moved by clergymen, people of faith, and things like that. So, just what what's what's your thoughts on the situation, Rabbi? <clears throat> Excuse me. Seeing as how it is, you know, Black History Month. Um, another quote from Dr. King: "The only thing necessary for injustice to continue is for good men to do nothing." And the you know, for me, the quickest way for a, a good man to become a, a not so good man is to do nothing. Um, 
what ha- what is happening in our country is so systematic. It's been that way since the 1600s, and I know you are aware because my brother, he got facts for days. Um, but what we know as the police today began as a slave patrol in the 1600s, and it has continued. Um, that slave patrol mentality has continued down through hundreds of years, whether they are uh, a black or, or white, because it's not about the color of your skin, it's about the color of that uniform. And until there are some systematic changes, this is just the way that it's going to be. And, you know, for me, um, I, I think where, where the, the church is the probably the biggest bears the biggest blame is the soullessness of people. Um, because they we, we have a generation of people with no souls, you know, where, where's this, the love for, for self, the love for God, the love for humanity. Um, and I think because the church is so silent, nobody's turning to the church to see, to hear how they feel or to looking for solutions because they have just backed into the darkness. Um, I think not all of them, but some of them are more concerned about how much money they can raise than how many souls can be saved. And, you know, um, and I think that one of the reasons also why this, it it didn't end, but one of the reasons why we have the results that we have so fast is because the majority of these men were black. And at the end of the day, I I don't care what color uniform you have on, you're just another Negro. You know, if you look at, you know, I'm trying not to use the N-word, you know, I had to catch myself. But at the end of the day, that's really what it is. The incident happened on January 7th. They weren't fired until um, January 20th. But that's still really fast because what happened with Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Philando Castile, it took forever because those offenders were white. But these, oh, they want to hurry up and wrap you up and hurry up and get this over with and still make an example out of you. Um no shucks how they caught so many of the slaves were by using other people who look just like them absolutely and just real quick so i can um i want to make sure because i like to be accurate the quote by dr king is in the end we will not remember the words of our enemies but the silence of our friends right so i just want to make sure i got that um quote um in there and and corrected it but absolutely and but this is i heard uh benjamin crump he was on the Daily Show with um, D.L. Hughley's been hosting this week. And he said, I don't care what the color of the officers are, because at the end, the color of the victim is always the same. Right. They gave him 71 commands that he could not do because of the way they had him. Right. Well, he couldn't lift his hands. He's handcuffed. He can't get up. And plies, you know, I hate to quote plies, right. but, you know, for the 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 Caucasian woman who, or it, she could have been black, so let me not just right. put on, who said in his uh, chat, well, why didn't he just comply? You know, why won't he just be still? And Ply said, you want to know why he can't just be still? Because, said, it, because hurt. it hurts. It hurts. You know, imagine being hit and Punched. kicked. And- right. Beaten within an inch of your life. And, and anybody who saw the video, I'm just again or didn't the police put these jokers on paid administrative leave they fired them but but this is the thing sean they don't they said now this was supposed to be for reckless driving as well we ain't talking that they can't prove the video does the video does not show any reckless driving right 
the video starts off with them snatching him out the car. And him saying. And him being, I, I, I mean, him literally, as calm as can be, what did I do was going on. And I mean, it almost looked like, imagine if you fell in, in a pool with a bunch of sharks. Mm-hmm. And you, like, can't do nothing about it. It's nothing. You can't swim fast enough. You can't. Right. This man is trying to reason with, I mean, he was literally, hey, what's going on? Y'all ain't got to come with that. He's saying to them. Fellas, calm down. I'm not. I, I'm gonna get on my stomach, but it's like one holding them one way, one holding them the other way. Right. And they're giving them these commands. They can't do the commands. And then the worst thing you can do for a cop is make them hurt themselves. They they begin to proceed to sh- uh, spray them with pepper uh, spray. Pepper spray. They spray times. themselves in the process. Then they try to um, tase them. And I think at this point, the young man realized. I've been as rational as I can be. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I can do. I need to get out of here. That's going to stop them from doing what they want to do. Right. And he ran, which I would run. Who right. would not run right. when it's like literally I have not done anything right. for you to be on me like this. Yeah. And then don't let a fat out of shape cop have to run somewhere. Oh, yeah. You know how I feel about that. You know, you know how I feel about that. I think when you take these positions where you have to make life or death decisions, if you're going to shoot somebody or tase somebody, then you need to be able to catch them. So there are certain times I think every year you should have to be able to run after somebody to see if you can catch them. So that you're not just shooting everybody because you're too fat to run. The Army, Navy, and Air Force have Division One college football team. The reason they want run the type of offenses they run is because they don't have the time to practice because these men are still officers that have to eventually serve. And another reason is because the players they have can only be a certain weight. Why? Because in the Army, it requires you to run a mile in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And the bigger you are, you have an inability to right. meet, meet that requirement to run that mile in that right. time in the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. So they, the biggest somebody may be on their team is about 260 pounds. Right. Depending on the height and things like that. But in the police force, all you have to do is prove that you can see a target well enough to shoot to kill it. Absolutely. I think you should have to catch it. I, and if I don't, you can't, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, we'll holler at you. We'll, we'll <laughs> holler at you. If you can't tie your shoes without blacking out, you shouldn't be allowed to carry a weapon. Not not on the job. And then he's 80 yards. He's He literally just runs home. He's right. 80 yards away from his house. From his house. And... When they catch him, he's screaming for his mother. He yells for his mom three times. Yeah. And, and and a person who I, I can, from time to time, depending on the day of the week you catch him, Van Jones, mm-hmm. made a, a, a an acute observation. He said, you saw three different Tyree Nichols. He said, the first Tyree Nichols you saw is very calm, collective, trying to talk to the police in a calm way. Then when you catch him again, now you he, see the fear. Mm-hmm. Him screaming, crying for his mother, fear for his life. And the third one is incoherent, beaten to a bloody pulp, yep. can't utter any words that you would understand, and left to sit against a car, handcuffed. And every time he was slumped down, they would scoot his body back up, back up and say, hey, quit doing Like, really? <laughs> like, he, you think he wants to slump down? I think at a certain point. In There's the, no humanity. beating you, they... It's like we we have to kill you to keep you from talking. You know what I mean? And it seems like it's the goal when it comes to um, our black and brown brothers and sisters to either beat you or incarcerate you within an inch of your life as if somehow those lives don't matter. 
like if somehow this mother and father having their son come home doesn't matter because of what he looks like. And I I don't know about y'all, but let me tell you something. I have had, you know, that, that tongue talking Holy Ghost for almost 33 years. And I have not seen one of these situations that has not made me angry. So for the people who sit in their churches and somehow make it feel, make it seem like because you love Jesus, you ain't angry. When Jesus got upset with those who were exchanging money in the temple, he flipped those tables over. You think he would be less or more angry about someone being beat to death in the street. So don't use the church, you know, as a cover or as a scapegoat to to sit in your veiled spots or protected places so that you don't have to say nothing. Somehow sitting behind the veil of Jesus absolves you of being uh, responsible to your community because it doesn't. Because your ministry is your community. If you love me, take care of my sheep. Yes. If you love me, take care of my sheep. You know, Shonda told me she uh, just recently gave uh, uh, a couple speeches. Yes, let's clap it up for the rabbi. And she said she talked about, um, go ahead, tell us what you talked about. Just about love. Yeah, creating a culture of love. Creating a culture of love. If you see me as a human, just human, not black, right. not white, not a man, not a woman, or whatever you choose to identify as. If you see me as a human, you should love me regardless. Absolutely. Because that's what we're called to do is to love one another. And Peter said it so eloquently in his uh, letters how can you love a God whom you've never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? And he's not talking about your biological brother. He's talking about your earthly brothers and sisters. If you see a human, how can you, they literally, we wouldn't, if that was a dog, them cops would have probably already been tried, mm-hmm. <laughs> flogged, oh yeah, beaten, persecuted, mm-hmm. all of that. Right. And you wouldn't be able to carry another weapon and you would never be able to own an, another pet. But yet we see this man sitting here and there was no humanity. Where was the culture of love? It didn't exist. And before you are introduced to African-American culture, European culture, Native American culture, Asian culture, or whatever, before you're introduced to any of that, the first culture you experience is that of love. And love is being able to give to someone, you know, what they can't give back to you um, simply because they asked, because you heard the plea of the person who asked. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter who they are because you respond to the and not the person who asked. Period. Period. It doesn't matter what you look like. It only matters what you need. And this man needed somebody to help him. And for all those who stood around on the scene and did nothing, they're just as guilty. You're not a good cop because you didn't do anything. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't kick him. I didn't do You're not a good cop. You didn't do anything. You saw, uh, you saw somebody who needed to be served and protected, right. and you did nothing. You did, you did and, I, nothing. And, and because I just want to know, when's the last time a cop solved a crime? They don't. Nine, I think it was 85% of crimes go unsolved. 
Mm-hmm. They they always come after an incident has happened. I mean, at the end of the day, defund the police, reimagine policing, whatever term you need to use, we need to do it. When you send in police who are unequipped to go to mental health um, calls, when you send them to go to domestic violence calls. Now, if you tell me it's a domestic violence with a weapon, okay, maybe that's something different. But the thing, and I'll always bring back to this fact, Shonda, how are, how are you not able to arrest a man who was, if he was reckless driving, he was reckless driving. Give him his ticket, give him the points, tell him to show up to court. He get his points, his insurance go up, he's paid his pittance. Yep. We always find it so difficult for routine traffic stops. Yet, when was the last time I heard about a gunman who went into a movie theater, who went into a, a, a crowded room, who did, who was in a, a hotel lobby shooting people from his hotel room, oh, I mean. Church. Or in the church. And we find a way to arrest these people. Peacefully. And take them to get something to eat. Because all that killing made them hungry. We find a way to always just kind of, hey, we caught them. We talked them off the cliff. We, period. It can be done. And I don't know if you heard about uh, Latinka Hancock in Ohio. African-American woman who went into the McDonald's. Or I think she had she had ordered her uh, food with extra cheese. She got her food and realized they didn't have the cheese on it. So she got out of her car and went in and and said, you know, I didn't I didn't get my cheese. She's not angry or irate. She just said I didn't get my cheese. The manager calls the cook up to say, you know, we need to put the cheese, give her her cheese. The cook decides I don't want to do it. Wants her to pay for more cheese that she's already paid for. She decides, you know what, I, you know what, I'll pay for the cheese. It don't matter, but I already paid for the cheese. So the cook and the manager get into an argument, and um, th- now they want to call the police. She says, "I'm going to go out and I'll wait in in my car till the police arrives because she asked for her money back and then just you know refund my money." So they call the police. She's waiting in her car for the police to arrive. The police come. They walk up to her. They want to know. Uh, her name, she's trying to explain to them, you know, this is what happened. Here's my receipt that I paid for, and I just asked for, you know, a refund. So they want her name and her uh, inf- white cop, she's black, wants her name and, and, and information. She's like, well, you know, why? I'm, I'm the victim here. He punches her in her face probably about four or five times, the cop, because she wanted extra cheese. And they want to cite her for trespassing. Busted her lip, loosened her teeth, and gave her a back injury from snatching her and outside the car, pushing her up against the car, throwing her into the back of their police car over a 59-cent slice of cheese. He was white. He's on paid administrative leave. And this is what I'm talking about. If you don't think that there's a disparity in the way um, it, it, it matters who treats uh, us a certain way. It does matter. The color matters on both sides. It shouldn't. A piece of cheese. All I asked for was my money back since you don't want to make... Punched her in her face. Now, that video I watched. I couldn't watch the Tyree Nichols video, and I kind of ended up watching this one um, you know, by accident. I was trying to read the story, and the video started playing. 
men are arrested every single day for punching women in the face because they're angry about it. She wouldn't shut up or she wouldn't do what I told her to do or she made me mad or whatever. She took the car and I ain't ever wanted her to do it or whatever. And it's called domestic violence. They punch women in the face. They get arrested. They go to jail. This cop punched her in the face several times and they just put him on paid administrative leave. He had no reason, no right or reason to do it. So it's almost like this stuff is just heating up again. I don't know if it's Black History Month that's coming. I don't know what it is. But we just can't all just sit around and be silent about it and sit around clapping our hands and speaking in tongues and say, well, we just going to pray about it. And you never even open your mouth out loud to say, but, hey, you know what? It is wrong. At some point, some change got to happen, and it's got to start with us. I can tell you what, you don't get to be black and scared. <sighs> just. I, I got to laugh from stop myself from crying because I hadn't heard of that till you just said something. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. So what, you know, you'll be definitely um, hearing us talk about that um, situation. And when it comes to a resolution, so I, I don't want to end the podcast on, on a negative note like that. And I want to, cause we, we started off so beautiful with the chosen <laughs> And then we went into the Tyree Nickel um, situation. But I want to end um, just talking about how great God is being. God did. Um, I don't, I'm not a New Year's resolution person. Anybody who knows me, I've never been like a New Year's resolution person because my thing is if I want to start doing something, start right now. Right. I don't need a a, 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 a arbitrary year. date or a arbitrary time or oh, – like, you know, people starting Monday, I'm going to start eating right. So all weekend, I'm just going to eat this junk. Let me tell you something. You eat all that junk, your body going to want that same junk on Monday. Yep. So you might as well start now. But um, since the beginning of the year, when I say I've been seeing the hand of God move, Shonda, the hand of God has been moving. I don't know if... If the you know I, I saw some some people and some prophets saying what the year twenty twenty three was gonna be, and you can hear people say, "Well, this the year and that's the year." Shonda, it seemed like soon as that clock struck midnight, and it the clock turned over to Ju- January first, two thousand twenty three. Mm. God did. He been on fire. Oh yeah, I told you, God has been gotten. <laughs> God been out here guiding. We we talked about when you think he um ceases to amaze you and you be like, nah, he can do more. Yeah. And then you be, and he does something else amazing. Yeah. And I compared it to when they say the sheriffins fly across uh God and they say, Holy, holy, and they cover their face and then when they uncover their face. They see something about God that they didn't see before. No matter mm-hmm. when they open their eyes, they see something that they didn't see before. Yeah. And just when I thought that there was a ceiling, God said, oh, let me show you something. Let me go and keep the party going. Right, right. And um, just to see the things that he's been doing, the the moves he's been making, Um, we share some videos of celebrities talking about how they want to strengthen their relationship with God this year. I've personally had conversations and dealings with people that are really seeking God 
And I'm talking people, you be like, who? Me too. <laughs> who? Yeah. Wait, wait. Shocking. Shocking. I mean, shocking people having um, just, you know, experiences, you know, God's putting himself in their path and they're reaching out because they know you and I, they know, we know who he is. Like, <laughs> Hey, Hey, listen, um, how, how do I, you know, what, what do I do with this? How do I get closer to God? What do I need to read? You know, how do I read the Bible? How do I understand, you know, these scriptures? Do I have to wait to receive Holy Spirit? No. And, and but it's like they they moving like they they running a race. Oh yeah. We've we've been doing the marathon. Yeah. And they trying to catch up with us. Absolutely. By running a race, but it's such a beautiful thing to see. You know, somebody had reached out to me at the beginning of the year and they literally just said that they were looking for prayer resources. Mm-hmm. And any books You are a prayer resource. <laughs> any books I can recommend. I just told them I was like, look, I don't um read any books but i mean i can send you some resources if you want you know i was just recommending some devotional no 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 meaning for how to pray okay to how to let me let me say how to pray i don't read books on how to pray i just pray okay you know so it's like when you ask me for a book to help you how how to pray i Okay. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, okay, but I'm just saying, like, I can send you some devotionals and some things, some information that can help. But then the person, I tell them, well, you know, me and my brother, i.e., Stefan, our co host, who isn't with us today, but we have a, we pray every day on the phone. Oh, I would love to be on that. Okay. And when they jump on with us, it's like, God did. And to see the move in their life and what God is doing, I told this person, you helped. My flame had never gone out. Right. But you reignited the fire. You put the the um, lighter fluid back on. Yeah. That has remade my blaze. Know that this podcast, that some of the other things that I've wanted to do and one of the, and the things that I am going to do, are not in vain. Right. Because you can become frustrated. God, am I reaching enough people? God, am I doing the things you want me to do? But then when somebody walks into your life and you know the answers for them, because he's been training you Mm -hmm. and you didn't know that you had the answers, but God did. Wax on, wax off. You didn't know what that was about. At all. But then when he, when it was time, Oh yeah. You was like, the whole time you was learning lessons. The whole time. Sometimes you don't know why you're learning the things that you're learning. Like, why do I need to read this? Why do I need to go through that? Because your audience is looking for you. There's going to come a time when that person who needs the roadmap on your back, they're going to encounter you. And for you, it was just scars at the time. And I was like, no, they're going to be able to look at that and they're going to see how to get out of where they are right now. You know, for you... I'm in the dark. I'm right. just in pain and I'm crying. And I feel like I'm on, I feel like uh, John on the Isle of Patmos. But if John had never been exiled on the Isle of Patmos, we wouldn't have the book. So it's all in our perspectives. And I tell you, my appreciation for God right now is that he's shifting my perspective. Absolutely. You said something before the show that was so profound that, excuse me, you said that, the moment I got out the way and stopped being angry mm-hmm. and just let God do God, that's when he started to do God. 
Right. And he can't do God when we in the way. Right. I don't think people realize when, when you're angry, you're still in a state of vengeance. And vengeance belongs to him. And sometimes the vengeance that we want God to get, for God that looks like salvation. You know, we want God to get vengeance. He's like, no, I want to save their soul. And, you know, that was I was mad. You know what I mean? This, this, you did me wrong, real wrong for a long time. And I took it, but I was still upset. And then God made me pray for them, like sincerely pray for them. Like he started breaking me down. Love those yes. who hate you. And then I was like, wow. And then that trap door in prayer called mercy opened, and I got sucked down into it. And it's like, I okay, I'm not mad anymore. Now I'm just praying for real. And then started seeing amazing results when the phone call came. Like, uh, so I want to get baptized. Unto what? <laughs> and <laughs> whose like, name? Like, what? Whose name do you baptize right. in? And, then, and what, what books, you know, what do I need to read? And how do I read the Bible? And how do I understand this? And all these questions, you know, from this person who could not fathom having a conversation about Jesus. And these are the kind of things that, that he and I, my brother and I, are talking about, like amazing things that you would never have imagined on your own. Period. But when we free God, when we get out of the way, like I'm done being mad, I'm just praying. You know what, let me just forgive everybody for everything, and let me just start praying effectual, fervent prayers for real. And then God starts working for real. You know, here we are two years later. And look at what's happening. He's like, whoa. Like, I wanted you to get them. And he's like, I did. I'm saving them. And you're like, oh. Right. And and what is vengeance, like you said, what is vengeance to us yeah, is salvation. salvation to God. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want, want one sheep to be lost. To be lost. Right. And that's why we are not in a position morally, right. spiritually, or any other way to cast judgment, mm -hmm. to hold folks down. Right. Because we were that to somebody else. Absolutely. And if we realized that we were that to somebody else and God came and got us, folks couldn't stand us. Right. Folks weren't happy when we gave our lives to Christ. No. Folks said, look at him. Who do he, he think he is? Right. They looked at you. Who does she think she is? Mm -hmm. So when we begin to understand that this, the same way we look spitefully at folks, Somebody, the, looked spitefully at somebody looked at us the same way. Mm -hmm. We want God to cut them off. He's like, no, nah, I'm about to cut them in on this. God did. God did. <laughs> I'm just saying, Shonda. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we have to understand this thing is a full circle. And we yeah. talked about before the show how a lot of Christians will see new people come in and they come in with a zeal to them and they excited and they're happy. And guess what we want to do? We want to put their flame out. And it's just like I said, the story of the prodigal son, mm -hmm. he threw a feast and sacrificed a fat calf for his son that decided he wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the because son came back and the son who was there the whole time said, where was my fat calf? I didn't go nowhere. Right. I stayed here. I was faithful mm -hmm. in the walk. And I don't get this kind of praise. Right. But the thing is, you've been in my house this whole time. The whole time. You've been enjoying the feast every day. Everything I have is yours. You have access to it all because you never left. 
Now, just because I think sometimes people who have access it all stop accessing it because it gets familiar to you. No, no, no. Keep exploring the rooms in the mansion. You know what I mean? Keep dining on the fine foods. That way you never get bored with blessings. And you start to feel like, oh, well, I, I don't have it. Now you're jealous of somebody who's coming in. They're coming into what you already have. It's brand new to them. You have not because you. Ask not. And we in there and we don't even ask. Right. They coming in and, and they coming in with new eyes, mm-hmm. asking for it, yeah. getting it. You have not because you ask not. Because you ask not. And like you said, we take it for granted. Didn't the children of Israel, oh, this manna every day, mm-hmm. manna, manna, manna. We want something different. We want the flesh pots right. in, in Egypt. No, you don't. Do you remember they was beating you? Do, you? do you remember they were just throwing food? What was in that flesh pot? Right. You weren't eating the king's meat. That's not what you had. At all. So, yeah. You, you, know was, eating, you was eating hog mogs and right. chitlins and exactly. and. Pigs' feet and yeah. what, 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 what do you say on Boomerang? Everything from the rooting to the tooting. Exactly. The whole pig. And now you talking about we want the flesh pots back. No. This manner. And, 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 and just to bring it to that, Shonda, what did he say? What did God say? He said, I fed y'all every day. Mm-hmm. He said, your clothes never waxed old. Right. Your like, shoes didn't wear out. You don't even think about that. Because you, when you're in it, you can't see it. Right. Absolutely. When you're benefiting from it, you can't see it. Yeah. That part is about white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> thought I sneaked that. I thought I sneaked that one in there, Shonda. When you're in it, you don't see it. Right. When you're reaping the benefits of it, you really can't tell what's what's happening around. And you. when you see somebody else look like they' about to get something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's good. I think it's great sometimes to encounter somebody who's just coming in and they have all this zeal and they have this fire. Either it's going to ignite you or expose you. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. As as uh as our uh friend of the show Nicole would say, we got to sit with that a minute. We got to, we got to sit with that a minute. Hold on, it will either ignite you or expose you. I'm gonna hit it one more time for you, man. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? But it's true though. It's true. How do you act when there is new, fresh eyes, people who didn't grow up necessarily like you? Right. Because even th- this person. I've expressed like I grew up in the church and you can become very cynical. Mm-hmm. And and I said, if you would have caught me 15 years ago, I was self-righteous in my tone, the way I thought, the way I acted. Mm-hmm. I said, but the best thing that ever happened to me was relationship. Right. And when you get in relationship, you are, you begin to understand way different than what you said. Because I told her, I said, tradition and religion is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just passed on in a set of things that we have to do. Right. But when you have a relationship, relationship tells you what you can and you can't do. Relationship tells you the expectation. Because now I, when I'm in a relationship, I know what the expectation is. Right. And God don't want nothing from us but us. He, we can't do nothing for him. It's like, it's like when you, if you've ever dated somebody or have parents that are rich or well-to-do, whatever, and it's hard to find a gift for them. 
because they can buy anything you get them, they can get for themselves. So it's like, how can you get something for somebody who can get what they want? Mm -hmm. All God says is, I want you. And if you want, he wants you to want is him. And and all he says is, go ahead, get with my son, become a joint heir through him, and anything you want and need is yours. Right. Anything. And then he will begin to show himself exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or even imagine. And when you start to see it, Shonda, Ooh. God did. It's been that powerful. First six weeks of the year. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if this the first six weeks, Shonda, we got 46 more of them to go. I'm excited. I'm excited. So Fox by the end of the year? Hey, he could bring it way before. <laughs> Mid-year. <laughs> he been preparing me my whole life. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. This was fun. Absolutely. Always. I enjoyed this. We were able to... Kick it. If y'all could have heard a lot of the conversations pre-show, oh, yeah. but we brought a, we brought some of the pre-show heat y'all way. Absolutely. But um, this was a great episode. I want to thank everybody who have reached out to me. Um, so I just want to uh, say this real quick before we go into closing. Um, there's a lot of things that I want to do with the show, a lot of expectations that I have for the show, and. I know I talk about them, but I'm going to be about them. But everybody who supported us, who reaches out to Shonda, reaches out to myself, reaches out to Stefan, Lauren, Vince, people who have been on the show before. We appreciate you all. We uh, hear your requests. We hear your calls. Um, we're still trying to fine tune some things. That's why our shows haven't been coming out back to back to back like we like. But once we get everything in line and in order, um, you my my goal is for y'all to be seeing us on our YouTube channels and you get to see these beautiful faces. And um, I, I started a Patreon account so people can interact with us. And uh, I'm ready to take a road to Damascus on, on the road and start doing some great things and um, um, cashing in on some relationships that I have that, you know, you may be hearing uh, more guests that are ministers, pastors, um, trying to get more people who don't agree with us um, to come in and, and, and hear their side. I mean, at the end of the day, the way that we are effectually going to do anything is by having conversations. Um, at times they may sound contentious, but if we do what we're supposed to do and foster an environment of love, we'll see that this is just a person on the other side who may be lost, may be um, well-meaning, but, they're lost in their thoughts and understanding. So um, just be expecting great things from road to Damascus because I'm really expecting God to do some, some big things with this podcast. And I'm really, and I, and I, I know that I started this show um, in 2016 or 15 with, with different thoughts. And if you would have told me we'd have got to this point, but I'm ready for the world to hear the voice of uh, Rabbi Shonda because she be uh, dropping nuggets. She's been a blessing to me. I know everybody who listens to the podcast, she's been a blessing to them. And I just hope to ride her coattails as she, (laughs) (laughs) as she uh, continues to do great things. But uh, God did and he knew. So um, we're going to go ahead and close the show out and uh, anything that's on your heart and mind, Rabbi. Uh, I'll just say (laughs) 
I'll just say this. First of all, I, I love him. And if, if anybody don't know, now you know. You know, God is so strategic. And one of the things we talked about before the show, like you, you don't know. You know, you can't see over the hill, around the corner. You can't see years down the road, but God does. You know, he sees, he knows what you need, and he knows who you need, and he knows how to bring everybody together, you know, at the right time. He will put you in the room, you know, with your people at the right time. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, B and I, he put us in the room at the right time under circumstances that you're like, okay, no, this is not going to... No, nope, not happening. And then, and we've been together ever since. Like, I can't imagine my life without him, and I don't even try. Um, I think that we have to learn to love God, others, and ourselves unapologetically. Um, you know, we should never feel bad about loving each other and spreading that love. And I think First John um, says it best. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So let us love each other. Amen, amen, amen. Shonda always dropping them nuggets, and I love you too. Um, I'm just going to say this, and, and, and I really want you all to hear this part because this is important to me, but um, when the person that I brought up that had um, – reached out to me. Um, they have reached out to me via Instagram and in a, in a, a DM. Um, and I'm, I've never met the person um, physically, but we have started talking through that and they've been a blessing to me, but I just want us to understand that we have to really be in tune with God and open our ears to what he's asking us to do and be open to new experiences of think because he's doing it a different way. And and I, when I say a different way, God never changes, but the methods of what he does things change. And we have to understand that whether it's somebody of the same sex or somebody of the opposite sex, when they begin to reach out to you, you have to open yourself up to be a blessing unto them. Um, we can no longer um, take advantage of people and reject them or misuse the relationship that God has brought them in our lives for us to, to be the, we can no longer misuse the relationships and the way God has brought these people in our lives. Because unfortunately what we do is, is we think that they are in our lives for one reason, but they were always in our lives for us to be a blessing, to teach, to show, to instruct so that they can build their relationship with Christ. So make sure we're in tune to understanding what God wants, what God needs and what this person wants and what they need. And we can love each other as brothers and sisters and move up and elevate one another in Christ. Because like Shonda said, that when that new person with the zeal comes in, that, that their flame is either going to ignite you or it's going to expose you. And with that being said, God did. So we want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening. God bless and we're out.